Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Buy Your Side podcast, the podcast that may help you make smarter property buying decisions. Now, I have been recording podcasts for, for quite a number of years, previously with Sydney Property Insider and more recently with obviously the Buy Your Side podcast. And the reason I've been doing this is because I want to help educate buyers out there to make smarter property buying decisions. And it can be hard because as buyers, you tend to be at such a major disadvantage in the property transaction. Sometimes I, I, you know, I hear feedback from people who've been listening to the podcast over time and, and come back and said, oh, your episode on Strata reviews has really helped me here and, you know, this and that. But recently someone reached out to me, lovely Helen Ruprecht via LinkedIn and said, Thanks to your podcast, I was able to buy my first property. So of course, I wanted to know more. And I'm so excited to have Helen on today. And I want to talk to her about what was the journey like for her? What did she learn most uh, by listening to the podcast? Because maybe listening to her story will help you not lose hope (laughs) and know that actually it is possible to do it by yourself, no matter how hard it might seem in the Australian real estate landscape. So Without further ado, Helen Ruprecht, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure, my honor, and actually, let me express my appreciation to you and your podcast because listening to it helped me. I wouldn't say it guided me through because there were too many things that probably I never ever experienced before. But it supported me, and uh, you know, every time I stood up. I mean, I fell down. I needed to listen to it. And you inspired me to stand up. That's great. That's awesome. So I wanted to get you on the podcast because I wanted to understand more about your property journey. And quite a lot of how people come into owning property has a lot to do with their family history, right? So with you, are you from a family of property owners? And is it something that is you know, held in high esteem in in your family culture, if you like. I wish. I wish. Unfortunately, it was not so. The problem here was that I, my parents, they didn't purchase any properties. I was renting all my life. And when I moved to Australia in 2015, I started renting. I dreamt of my own home, but I'm a single mother. And uh, I've got two kids and, uh, um, you know, with kids and you're renting, it's, I wouldn't say impossible, but it's close to impossible to, you know, start putting away money for the deposit. Absolutely. And uh, even 5% deposit uh, looked unbearable to me. Yeah. So... But I was kept saying that I want a house, I want a house, I want my own property. And uh, in uh, 2022, my landlord started to commit very weird actions. I mean, first, the trees uh, were cut out. They were fantastic trees, yeah, wild, beautiful eucalyptus, and uh, he just cut them out. And uh, while doing that, he... Actually, affected my internet connection, and it was COVID then, and uh, it was very disappointing. Oh, no. And I was keeping asking my real estate agent, "What is happening? What is yeah. going on?" And after that, when I saw people on my backyard measuring the land, I understood that no, something is definitely happening. 
And I was searching in one of the groups for single parents, for single moms, obviously, because I was very terrified. You know, I moved four times. My move to my own unit was fifth, I hope, it at least the last for... <laughs> I'm still dreaming of the house, but now <laughs> I understand what I want. Yeah. And uh, when I was moving, it was additional costs, you know, and um, I was terrified that I will have to move quite soon. Yeah. And the property agent was saying, no, no, no. So I, you know, decided to check what's happening. On your uh, podcast, I was listening and you discussed uh, about renting, etc. You somehow mentioned that there are two types of contract. I came and said, okay, I want a contract for 12 months. They said, no, 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 no. We don't want that. And then I understood that something, they are planning something. And yeah. this lack of transparency moved me further. I decided that I need, okay, another rental property, but I, I'm not a single mother and a single parent, but I'm also a fur parent. I've got two dogs. Yeah, and right. renting with that the dogs, makes it, harder. Yeah. it makes things almost impossible. If you jump on the site, real estate, domain, whatever, and check what are properties available for rent, you'll see plenty of them on different budgets. But if you'll check, tick one point, pets, 99% will disappear. Yes. So I decided, okay, what can I do? While I was listening to your podcasts, I learned about this program, that program. I learned that in other states, there were, for example, initiative of the government when they paid uh, up to 70% of your property and co-own with you. Yes. It had some pros. It had some contrast. It hadn't been set up for New South Wales, where I yes. was looking for the property because I am, obviously, I've, I've got the job here and I didn't want to move. And my kids, they attended a school, a very good one, and that was yeah. also a challenge. And, uh, you know, when I discovered that, yes, my landlord will definitely rebuild something on the property, I decided to move out. They said, no, 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 we'll give you one free week and if you'll stay till the new year, because yes, your landlord wants to demolish the property. From one hand, it was a terrifying experience. But from the other hand, it was such a relief, you know, because I finally got the transparency. I understood what is happening. And uh, I started to look for what's on market. And, you know, I learned that there is a new initiative for solar parents, such as I am. And uh, for, them, for, for those parents, five banks provide the mortgage options with just 2% deposit. Yeah. I said, I calculated, and I understood that 2% is doable. And I started to save as much as I could, uh, despite all these additional you know, costs arising <laughs> all the time. And I was able to save this money. But with um, saving the money, there is a thing. You must show to the bank that it is a genuine saving. I mean, that's, it's your money, not, not borrowing from someone. They must sit on your account for three months. And when I started doing that, the rates started to grow from 2% to 5% within yeah. less than half a year. I felt, you know, like 
Alice in Wonderland when you <laughs> need to run three times faster just to stay at the same position. There was a moment when I was having this deposit on my account and the rates increased and my borrowing capacity dropped in one day for a couple of hundred of thousands from yeah. half a million over 650 to 400,000. Yeah. It was, I have no words to express my feelings yeah. back then, but I got another job and I was able to show to the bank that, yes, I am reliable. Come on. I was able to pay the rent more than I'm paying for the mortgage now, despite the fact yeah. it's, you know, a unit, uh, it was a house uh, and I own three bedroom space and I love it to bits. And again, less than I paid in rent. Yeah, It's a miracle to yeah. me. It was very, very tough just to get to this point. And when I got to this point and I, I was trying to look at the properties, okay, what's on the market? But market was moving so fast that to the moment when I got to the point that I am pre-approved for the mortgage, I can afford only, let's say, miserable places in the very <laughs> unfriendly communities. Yeah, it's an emotional roller coaster, isn't it? Because you get you get and you get conflicting information, and whilst you're trying to gain more ground with your savings, the, the market keeps moving further and further, and it gets to a point where you almost think it's unattainable. Absolutely. Um, if you don't keep your focus on what is actually achievable. I was listening to your podcast, and you told to adjust your ex expectations. That's exactly mm. what I did. Moreover, yeah. in one of your podcasts, you mentioned about inspections, and actually you provide a fantastic uh, checklist what to look for yeah. during inspections and when you go on the house hunting journey it's actually like a second job i was it is. it's full -time. a full-time job for me <laughs> exactly Six i was a full-time parent yeah. i was mm. a full-time uh, employee and i needed to attend full-time mm. for just you know house hunting for inspections for all these things and i work in the consulting business yeah. One of the and and first... do you know how long did it take you to get your pre-approval in place? Did that was that a weeks or uh, how long did it? Because you were part of that scheme, how long was it actually? Because people need to take that into consideration. Sometimes it's a couple of weeks, but sometimes it takes longer because the broker or the scheme needs more information from you. Exactly. How long did that take for you? Exactly. So first thing I did right is to find a good broker, which you recommended in your podcast. Yes. That I did right. <laughs> that was not mistake. They're, both, they're <laughs> worth their weight in gold, as opposed to just popping into a bank branch. You know, th those... Again, there were five... their own product. Yeah. There were five banks who could help me. Yeah. And we actually applied in two banks at the same time Perfect. because yeah. I found this unit, which I'm living in now, and uh, I was terrified that it will disappear prior to my ability to purchase it. <laughs> yeah. I would not, yeah. you know, it was the last, I w don't know even how to express that, the last hope yeah. to get my own property at all. I was ready to give up, but yeah. the agent the broker, uh, they were fantastic. 
However, you must get someone from on legal side. And uh, I just came shopping for recommendations. And as I was trying to save money, I picked the wrong conveyor. I, I cannot pronounce this legal support It is a tricky yes. word. Conveyance or solicitor, yes. So you, I you couldn't went afford, for I someone would, I, who was I couldn't pay for the uh, solicitor because mm. their rates are higher. So I decided to go low. However, this, how to say that polite, unprofessional team, <laughs> they were not dealing ever with this scheme. And when I was going through the process, and it was last week before the settlement, mm-hmm. they, their action resulted in extra payments for me, almost cost me a deal. <laughs> I was, okay, so I, I, this is important. So, so the first one was don't shop without your pre-approval in place. Absolutely. But number two is make sure that you get the right people around you. And cheap is sometimes you pay double or more if you if you don't get the right conveyance because conveyances aren't necessarily worse than solicitors it's about picking because we work with a lot of conveyances who are excellent at what they do and some solicitors or lawyers are rubbish so it's really important to experience someone yeah and who knows how to deal with these schemes and make sure that they communicate with you because you have never done this before and go, hey, Helen, we're now getting to the pointy end. This is what we need from you. This is what is going to happen, rather than you having to find out after the fact that A, it's going to cost you money, it's going to delay settlement, or whatever the case may be, it may cost you the whole deal altogether. Absolutely. It's really important that you find a conveyancer or a solicitor that isn't just a recommendation from a family member, a colleague, or you know, Patricia down the road, because they may have only done it once also. So- how to find a good convincer solicitor? That's tricky without being a professional. So that's you, why I'm saying go yeah. to the buyer's agent, go to, to get someone by your side. And I'll put it out here on the podcast today. If you are listening and you want a recommendation for someone in New South Wales, I'd be more than happy to put you in touch. I don't receive or give out any kickback. So it's purely based on merit who we work with and who we think work well. And to all, always have the best interest of their buyers in mind, you know, uh, because that's super important. Okay, so that was tricky. What else happened? What what What's another thing that you would recommend buyers, you know, really think about? Well, because I had to adjust my expectations and go for the unit instead of the house, Strata yeah. was another thing. It certainly is. It's a whole different you piece. You actually taught us how to communicate with Strata, how to look to Strata, how to check what's happening with Strata, what Strata is. And, you know, I mean, from one hand, owning house, it's much better because you don't pay Strata, obviously. But if something happens, for example, there were some bastards who vandalized our lights, Strata took care of it. Took care of it, yeah. We, don't, okay. we, we just kept paying Strata. It didn't... Uh, cost us much money because it was covered by the insurance and the insurance was managed by strata so i was just checking that our strata is not sinking that it has good funds etc etc and moreover i actually was going to thank you because you mentioned somehow that the agent could go and inspect the house for you 
the agent can explain to you what's happening with the strata because they have the special people. I don't know how those strata investigators or whatever called <laughs> yeah. uh, who know how to read the strata report. When I got this strata report, you know, this bundle, oh my, <laughs> I wouldn't probably even understand if I was not from consulting background. Yeah, And that is another benefit to have a bias agent by your side. Absolutely. Yeah. Because I tell you what, even in my experience, dealing with a lot of different agents, 99% of selling agents do not actually want to know what is in the strata report. Because if they know, they have to, you know, uh, inform you. Disclose it. That's right. And so it's, you know, uh, strata reports tend to be 200 pages plus uh, on average. So it's it's not just about understanding, do they have money in the, the working capital fund and the admin fund, but also are they compliant, all that kind of stuff. So it's actually, it's an important part of the process if you're buying into a unit or a townhouse that you really check that very carefully. Now, you also know that apart from buyer's agents checking it, and not every buyer's agent will, will review that report, by the way. So if you are going to engage a buyer's agent, make sure that they do that is part of their service. But you know that some conveyances and solicitors will do that as part of their service as well. So, But for you that, constant, you need to know, you, you need to know mm. that they provide this service. True. Because, yes. I mean, if you don't know, you don't know what you don't know. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And I was so happy to, you know, just jump into the car, which I had to give up <laughs> to get my own unit because I had yeah. the car loan and that was another thing which decreases your borrowing capacity. Of course, and yeah. uh, I was jumping into the car. I turned your podcast. I started from the first and listened because your voice, it sounded like, it's actually not like, it sounded as a person who knows what she's doing, as, <laughs> you know, the guidance, as <laughs> the star that led me through this thing and um it was really funny because when i was ready to give up there was something on the next episode okay we've got this unit we've got for example the ability to purchase not with comment with the mates here is the site here is yes. information etc and it was so supporting I cannot even impress how supporting it was. Oh, Helen, that's that's really that is wonderful to hear. That is yes. um, that is why you know I do this podcast because quite often I think it's just my mom and dad listening. Hi, <laughs> Papa, Mama. <laughs> but um, it's that, this is the whole thing, right? You were able to use the the knowledge which you shared for free to, to make well you know it should be knowledge common knowledge for everybody because i know that a lot of people make huge financial mistakes and common not, knowledge is not that common it's that's I, true <laughs> you know i mean that's true uh, the, the only thing that's that true. supported me i volunteer for scouts of new south wales and yes. you know i was trained f- to be a leader and uh, uh, scouts They've got magnificent thing, which is obviously a common sense plan, do review. So I planned, I started, okay, I started to plan to dream about the house. I listened to your podcast. I wrote the questions that I might, you know, just raise along the way and uh, that I might need to get an answer for. 
And I was looking, okay, strata. What Michelle says about strata? Mm-hmm, this. Okay, inspections. What Michelle said? A friend of mine came and the process started. And I was wondering, okay, you told about auctions. Oh my God. I've got a very limited budget. Okay. And the budget, <laughs> this limited budget shrinked to non-limited budget. <laughs> and this yes. non-limited budget became even less. And I was running, I was trying to climb this property journey. And you said about auctions. And someone educated, someone who know the thing, someone who can support you, calm you down, see through all the tricks you may lose. So tell me, how did you end up purchasing your unit? And was that up for auction? Did you have a strategy in place? I prayed. <laughs> I jumped on the phone and I Please tell called. me you did a bit of research as well about the other sales in the area. <laughs> uh, what I did, I actually, again, I limited my choices. I was after three-bedroom unit. Unfortunately, with my budget, three bedroom units went off the table. It wasn't just not possible to get one. But I saw two units in the area. This one was for sale for a very long time. And uh, it has a study with a window. Because studies, okay. yeah. o- oftentimes, they just a room without a window. <laughs> yes, that's yeah. So it's, it didn't have the door. But again, the study there were bigger than the bedroom at the house I was renting. Yeah. So I checked the strata. I requested the strata. I checked the recent sales in the area. Excellent. In this particular house, I squeezed a little bit, went to friends and said, uh, guys, help. I, <laughs> my budget needs to be a little bit improved. Yeah. And I put the offer and I started to pray. <laughs> I love how you thought outside the box though, because if, if you had just gone, no, this says it's a two bedroom unit, I'm going to dismiss it. You would have missed it. Whereas you, you saw, you actually took a bit of time, discovered that there was actually a study area with a window that could actually work as a bedroom too. So A, it's a missed opportunity of the agent that they didn't put, you know, but for in the marketing. But for you, this was an opportunity, which, Absolutely. which is fantastic, you know, so, because you got what you needed for your family. Exactly. So everyone in our teeny tiny family now has the room. Room, which yeah. they can do whatever they want. Yeah. <laughs> How old are your so kids? Good. Teenagers already, so okay. it's very important for them. So they need them. their own space. Yeah. I need very my important. own space. <laughs> True. <laughs> I never ever had my own room before I moved to Australia and started to rent. And even then, kids yeah. came to me, mommy, mommy, all the time. I yes, needed my space. I just yes. needed it. And I have dogs. One of the dogs is a rescue. She is a very old one. Sometimes yeah. she gets confused. And yeah. I needed a special floor. You know, the carpet wouldn't work at yeah. all. Low maintenance, easy to clean. I yeah. was looking for the unit which shouldn't be fixed at, at least a lot, you know. And uh, it doesn't require repair. 
I mean, okay, when I grow up <laughs> and when I get, you know, um, back to normal, because uh, I decided that two jobs to run in the long run will be very difficult to maintain. So I gave up one and yeah. still I am managing the mortgage, all the payments, strata, yeah. uh, all additional bills. I decided that I need time to recover because then I might think what to do with the kitchen, to, what to do with the yeah. bathroom. But again, I was listening to a podcast and I was writing the questions. What is important? What is crucial? You remember probably uh, your yellow street thing when I you... buy on yellow roads. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. This, this unit faces to the teeny tiny green area. It's oh, nice. not a park, but Definitely, they won't build anything there. So it doesn't yes. face to the next unit. A blank wall, yeah. It's so good. I, I'm so happy <laughs> with that. You know, when I had to give up lots of things, there were things I couldn't give up, such as hard floors, preferably the stone floors, mm -hmm. which I have now, not a top level, which I have now. I was not sure that I uh, will be able to pay with the, for the strata with the elevator because elevators, yeah. uh, as you mentioned, uh, and mm. pools and some other things, they might incur additional costs. Sure. So yeah. my strata is minimal. I'm so happy. <laughs> and they are very good. I mean, they fix whatever should be fixed. It's easy to reach them. So they're proactive, which is very important. No, they are not proactive. They okay. reactive still, but okay. <laughs> it's in a short period of time, which is quite good that's for good. me. Yeah, well, that's that's more than most stratas are, or you know, some other stratas that I see are just yeah useless. Mm. So I was listening to a podcast and I was checking what is crucial. Bedroom is absolutely crucial. There are three almost adult people in the family and, uh, you know, due to costs of rent and rental crisis, etc., I might think that my kids will still be with me for some time yeah. and it would be not very clever to get a unit with, with one yeah. bathroom and if it's not separated toilet from the uh, bath, uh, it would be a total disaster. Because when three people need to go to the office or whatever, or to school, oh my, I don't yeah. want to queue to my, to my bathroom. Yes. No. So when I saw that, you know, a toilet is separate from this thing, it was such a relief. And uh, it has a balcony. You told that, you know, to have a balcony in the bedroom, it's nice, but probably it won't be that Beneficial. It won't be used that much, no. Absolutely. So I have a balcony with, you know, the windows from the floor to the ceiling. Floor to ceiling, yep. And I now have a teeny tiny rose garden on the balcony. Oh, and it nice. makes me so, so, so happy. And uh, I just listened. I learned. I wrote all the questions. I listened again to find the answer. But again, if I could afford, I would be just, you know, because buying property is a project and you are a fantastic, fabulous project 
mom, I would say, <laughs> because you are kind of a mom for nervous moms who try to purchase the property. Yeah. They panic. They need support. They need guidance. And mm. I jumped on your site and I saw what you do. You talk to people. You help them narrow their expectations. And sometimes you show them that what they want is not what they need. Yes, that's true. <laughs> so that's true. I was kind of this <laughs> mom for me. And I was listening and I was learning and adjusting my expectations over and over and over and over. But if, even whilst doing that, though, you got so much of what you wanted and needed. You exactly, know, because, because I was listening to carefully to your podcast <laughs> and I was listening and learning. And I learned from you that there are things that you shouldn't give up. For example, yeah. I gave up my car to get my property. But yeah. it is such a great thing for me because despite the fact that we live not on a yellow street, we live close to public transport. And it's not a problem for me to jump on the train and in an hour I'm in the city, in the office, all yeah, good. That's fantastic. So really, I mean, thank you. Thank you for talking me through your journey. But I think the one thing you've shown me is that even if you don't originally come from Australia, even if you don't have the family support network and the bank of mom and dad helping you out, even if you have dependents and you're a single parent, you can achieve what Helen has achieved. and you know, have have your own property, as long as you are willing to be really honest about what it is that you need, being willing to make sacrifices. I mean, giving up your car is not something that, you know, you take too lightly, but it helped you achieve your property owning dream. And it really, it's, it's, it's freaking awesome, Helen, that you were able to do that. And I was able to help you a little bit on your journey with that. So I hope that- I would say a little bit. You have a lot because I was absolutely, I mean, like a blank page. I didn't know anything about it and I needed guidance. And that's exactly what you gave me. You provided a guidance. But again, now <laughs> when I went through all this process, I would probably highly recommend to at least book a <laughs> consultation with you. Yeah. Because even if I would not able to have you as a buyer agent, it would be such a great, tremendous help for me just to go to a consultation. And because, you know, I mean, podcasts, they're generic information, yes. all stratas, all things, all this, all that. But every single parent situation is absolutely different. And I would benefit if I would be brave enough, you know, to get probably a third job. <laughs> <laughs> to afford your services, but I would win more. Despite that, I was able to negotiate with my sales agent and it saved me a little bit, teeny tiny bit, but still. That's it was cool. a huge because help. Because you had me. more confidence, you know? That's because good, that's I great. knew what is happening. Yeah. That knowledge, that little bit of extra knowledge that you were able to glean, that gave you more confidence and therefore more power. I'm all for that. I'm all for buyers having more power because most of the time they have none or very little. Because again, you don't know what you don't know. But if you're able to get that, 
little bit of extra confidence. It's going to stand you in good stead, but also it's going to help you walk away from the wrong properties. Absolutely. more often than not, when I get, for example, new clients and they show me the kind of properties, I always ask, what kind of properties have you come close to buying, but you didn't for some reason? And usually it's because they've been priced out, but it's actually, well, actually you, you dodged a bullet there. You never should have even looked at that property because of X, Y, Z, you know? So that's, that's equally important. You should learn from the properties that they're wrong for you. Well, on that note, thank you so much, Helen, for, for sharing your story with, with, with me and for those out there listening. I think if one thing I've learned is that, A, my, my, my podcasts are making a difference and you are able to do it on your own. So thank you very much, Helen, for giving up your time to come and talk with me. Now, if you are listening and you've gone, hey, I want to I be like Helen and own my own property, and I haven't covered some, some aspects of property buying and you want to know certain things, Drop me a line at hello at buyyourside.com.au, hello at buyyourside.com.au, uh, or you hit me up on Instagram, Facebook, or even TikTok. I'd love to hear your questions and, and make your property journey a little bit easier to navigate. So thank you for listening, and until next time. <laughs> <laughs>